Brian Breaker. You're a little whiny baby. Babe. Don't assume my gender. Friend since the seventh grade. Yeah. You're just a bitch with his phone. F you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say, WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. <laughs> Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Oh, yeah. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go. It's time that we start the show, no hesitation, oh no. The most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts. So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass. So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did to Bowser with the best thing you've encountered since suspenders on trousers. To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from doubters. Put in the stake in the shower, break up and bitch, power, power. Yeah, hello. Uh, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling. Sound is episode 442 of Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Of course, I am Brian Breaker. Joining me as always, the one and only big underscore Bane. What's going on, man? Dude, not a whole lot. So it's it's interesting. Um, a couple of days ago, uh, you know, I'm kind of like, what? Here's how I make notes for the show. When something happens that seems newsworthy, I write it down. I have a little note on my phone that just says podcast. Mm-hmm. And I will jot it down. Yep. Nothing really happened, and so I'm like, man, this might be kind of a weird show where it's like I have to like really think of. I mean, we've had our BS episodes in the past. We have, but it's like usually in a week's time, something has happened. Yeah. Even if it's not like super newsworthy. Right. Like we can talk about it. And so I'm like, oh, maybe, man, maybe there's nothing to talk about. So yeah. I'm like, maybe I need to just like search for something, find something. Yeah. That was until Vince blew up the internet. Yes. Um, we'll get into that a little bit. So we got some wrestling talk. We got a little bit of toy talk. Um and that's really about it. But I feel like we have so much wrestling talk. It's uh, it's interesting, you know, and, and it's weird because we're kind of at that weird point where it's like, I think our wrestling fandom is kind of falling off to a degree. Oh, yeah. Big time. Still love it. But it's like, I don't need to watch it. Isn't that weird? Did you ever think you'd ever be at that point? No. You know, I mean, I had my I had my period in the early 2000s where I fell off. And I've talked about that before. Like it was right. Honestly, right around the time where like a lot of big legendary guys now were getting their start. I mean, like right around the time Brock Lesnar, Batista, John Cena, all those guys were getting their start. That was when I fell off. Yeah. And I quit watching for probably about five, six years and then got back into it. Did you ever check in or did you just, just not care? I remember one time in, so it was 2000, it was 2011 or 2012. I just randomly brought a paper, bought a pay-per-view because I was living in Muskogee, had no friends there. Uh, so I just was like, I'm just going to buy a pay-per-view, see how it goes. And um, watched it. And oddly enough, I felt like I knew everybody there, but like I had no idea what was going on. But like, I just, it was okay. I think it was some random backlash or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, wasn't, it was all right. 
What brought you back full circle? Do you think? Um, or you were like watching it on the regular? I think. I think when. I, you know, honestly, I can't remember because we started this back in 2015. 14. 14. And I was already kind of back into it. So yeah. <clears throat> I can't, I honestly can't remember. Like, I can't remember what brought me back into it. I just remember I started watching it again. It's weird. When I started wrestling, I moved down there in 2007 mm-hmm. and I didn't have cable for a while. Yeah. And like, I remember, like, it was around, right around the time of SummerSlam uh, 2007. Yeah. And I remember that because I'd always, I didn't like order the pay-per-views, but I'd always buy the DVD because they'd sell them at Walmart for like 15 bucks. They weren't like real expensive. So I just, and it would always come out like a month later. So I'd order, I'd always buy the DVD and, and that's how I would watch it and stuff. And, but I watched raw and SmackDown every week. And if I was not home, I would tape it and watch it later. Very like like appointment television for me. And so, um, I don't have that ability. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like weird. Like, it's kind of weird not being able to watch it. But then I, I realized I didn't miss it. Yeah. And then it kind of came into play where, you know, friend had, you know, satellites. We go over there and watch Raw most of the time. Not every week, but some weeks we would. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we occasionally watch pay-per-views and stuff. But it's like I, I never felt like like that week-to-week, you know, thought, like, never really bothered me again. I mean, I was, like, appointment television for Monday nights, yeah. always. Yeah. And so it's kind of weird. At that point, it was just kind of like. I check in, I keep up with it, but I hardly watch as much. And I and I feel like this day and age it would be really hard to follow everything. Yeah. Like who who the hell watches superstars and stuff? Yeah, well, and nothing ever happens on those. I mean, those are enhancement matches uh, for the most part. But like I I feel like I feel like now there's really no need to actually watch live because everything important shows up on Twitter. Right. And so it's it's like why why watch it? I mean, unless you're there at the event. There's really no reason to to watch it on TV. I, I could see the only reason to watch like superstars is like you happen to know the guy. Sure, you, you just know? want to watch his match, <laughs> right? But I mean, yeah. who's being like, oh man, superstars gonna be great this week? We got Mike Kanellis, we got the Brian Kendrick, and yeah. it's nothing against them; they're talented guys. But it's like, who's right. tuning in for that? Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just who gives a shit? Kind of like the 205 Live. I remember it was like when they they're announcing a cruiserweight show, that's dead in the water because I was so I was pumped for that show when it came out. Yeah, and it. I think about like three or four months into it, I was like, I'm, this is dumb. Yeah. You know, and it just, it didn't hold up. I mean, there was a lot of guys on that roster that I thoroughly enjoyed watching. Absolutely. But it just, you know, they didn't treat it like a legitimate show. And so I was just kind of done with it. It falls off. But I remember like loving WCW Saturday night. Of course. Yeah. You know, 505 here because, you know, we're central time, 605 yeah. Eastern. That's like, it was like, oh man, Saturday night because they had that cool set with the doors and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. It was just I couldn't wait to watch and and that was never like big important matches, but it was just something about that. Like, oh, I couldn't wait to watch it. Well, it was its own set, it was its own place, and own, the problem, its own very much its own feel. Yeah, and the problem with you know superstars and even main event, they always take place at a Raw or or a SmackDown, whichever one. Yeah, and so it's like I it would be better if they had a studio for these. Maybe that's what NXT felt better. Could be you because know? it wasn't like something they recorded before raw. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, yeah, it absolutely could be. And I think that also could be like why it, it had such a fan base because it was its own thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, we're, we're already into the wrestling talk. So why do you say we, uh, throw it over to stone cold to formally get us in that? Let's do it. Well, here I am again, talking a little pro wrestling while breaker and Bay take a little break, cracking them, buying energies. Well, listen to me, you two sons of bitches. Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone Cold out. Oh, hey. 
Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out to Stone Cold. We're going to talk about Stone Cold a bit later, man. He dropped some news this week. Did he? You did. Oh, I did, yes. Yeah. Yeah. This guy. Yeah, this guy. This guy. We'll get into that here in a minute. But uh, so I guess news off the top is the most important thing. Um, Vince McMahon at 77 mm-hmm. has officially announced retirement and is, uh, I guess, riding off into the sunset. 12 years after he could have retired. Right. <laughs> Which, I mean, he could have retired anytime he wanted to. He had a Dude. match this year. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, that, that, it's, it's insane that, you know you love your job when you work 12 years post-retirement age. Most of the people I work with, you know, I, I work with a lot, you know guys that have been there for years, and they're all kind of like, five years, um, you know, and I'm, I'm done. I'm count, I'm, you know, I'm counting down to 29 years, pal. Yeah. Till, till I can retire. <laughs> it, it just, it, it's such a weird thing to not, not work, and he's not working a nine to five. Right. He's working a very intense schedule type job. He's damn near working 24-7. Sure. This is obviously probably in lieu of all the allegations that we've we've heard. Sure. I'm sure it's kind of a forced retirement a little bit. Now, would you agree, though, that's kind of died down a bit? Uh, It's been more behind the scenes. I mean, we just had something come up. Was it last week? We had something come up about it, like more allegations or something. Might have been, yeah, but it's, I don't feel like it's talked about as much. It's not an everyday conversation like it was when it first got brought up. Right. So this felt like it was a little bit like, wow, that it was not a knee jerk reaction, I guess. But we knew Stephanie kind of took over as like an interim, you know, mm-hmm. CEO, whatever was his, you know, president, whatever his title was. She kind of took over that. And uh, so since, so then we heard, as actually before Vince actually announced retirement, we heard Triple H was back like running NXT again, like yes. full on. So, that's one of those things where it didn't seem like he wanted to. I mean, he built NXT. Why would he want to just stop it and change it? That would be like Vince Senior telling Vince, like, "Hey, you need to step down from WWF." Right, <laughs> right. And so it's one of those things where it's like, wh- why would he want to do that? Now he's back, so it tells me that he didn't. Right. So I don't know if there was some time. There had to have been a power struggle. I know they've kind of not put that out there, but to me, it's. I'm sure Vince wanted to take control over NXT and Trips didn't want him to. And Vince was like, well, I'm doing it. Yeah. And that's probably was like, okay, I'm done. Looks like a duck. Walks like a duck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. anyway, so uh, Vince is retiring, supposedly. I don't know if I even believe this, though. Yeah. I mean, what are your, what are your, what's your reaction? It obviously set the internet on fire because like, no one saw this coming. I thought this guy's going to work, you know. He's probably going to still be running the company after his death. Yeah. Because that's who Vince is. I don't know. I just, I don't know if I totally believe it. As weird as that seems. Yeah. So from what I understand, and I know it's, it's pretty well documented. Steph is now the co-CEO along with Tony Khan. Nick Khan. Um, I wish it was Tony Khan. That'd, <laughs> that'd be way more fun. I do, however, want to see a Nick Khan promo. Like, one of these days, I want to see Nick Khan with a promo. I'm I'm throwing. I'm still. Throwing, I think he's a time traveler. I'm he could be. You, I'm telling you, he, this he, dude shows up out of nowhere and he's like CEO of WWE. How the Tony, hell does that happen? If Tony has a kid and he names him Nick, we'll know for sure. Sure. Um. But, but so Steph and Tony are. That's gonna be impossible for me to say. Steph and Nick are the co CEOs. Steph is also the new chairman of the board, mm-hmm. which was also Vince's position, and. The only thing that has stayed the same so far that Vince has said is that he still has the majority shareholders or the majority of the stocks, whatever. And so from what I gather is he's not really doing anything, 
But yet, if he wanted to do something, he could. So I think he's giving up control, but I think if he sees, because he's going to be watching. I mean, that's his, he's, that's his baby. He's going to be watching. I think if he sees something he doesn't like with him being a majority shareholder, he can be like, guys, we need to change this. So there was a guy when I, when I hired out at my job, he was like 64, 65. He was about to retire. Sure. He ended up retiring after about a year of me being there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, he was one of and it's one of those things. He's like one of those alpha male types. Like he's the baddest dude. I mean, he's like oh, 65 God. year old man. You yeah. know, I mean, you know the type. Yeah. He's like, I'm the, you know, I'm the toughest guy here, you know, and it just kind of, and I think everyone just kind of let it, we laughed with it because it's he's like, old. Right. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, ah, it's old grandpa, you know, over there. We got a guy like that in my work. By God, none of these young bucks are going to show me up. I'll show him, you know, he, he's that type. Yeah. Anyway, I guess haven't seen him. I think I ran into him to Wal- at Walmart once, but I haven't really seen him since then. But I guess he's not doing well health sure, wise. He's, sure. he's starting to break down because granted he was doing shift work in his 60s, mm-hmm. which is not easy you know, at me at th- on me at 36. So I can't imagine right. it's easy on him, at, you know, 64, 65. It's just not an easy schedule. Yeah. But he's starting to break down. And it's probably because I think motion is lotion. Yeah, getting up, and that's the problem with retiring. A guy in my work told stories like, "Yes, guy, he worked at this company all these years. Retired a year later, dead." Yeah, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm telling you, it's like it's there's something about a body in motion stays in motion." Well, yeah, and I think the second you stop doing things, and now we all can say like, "Oh, I'll have hobbies, I'll keep myself busy," but when you have nowhere to go, mm-hmm. you have no reason to go. Yeah. And I think unfortunately that does happen to some people, and they just they do nothing. Yeah. And uh, my, my dad's retired and he is like bored out of his mind 90% of the time. Does he call you a lot? No, but I mean, he does. He has to like do stuff to keep him busy. Like, sure. He, Cause what does he do all day? Right. Like he told me the other day, he's like, yeah, I was worked out in an oil field with my buddy the other day. And I was like, why? <laughs> and he's like, I was bored. Right. It's like, okay. Well, and it's I, hard and, work. Right. And I think that's kind of part of the problem. And I think that's why retirees often go get a part-time job. Right. Because they need something to do. Like, yeah. they, they want to work 40 hours a week and weekends, probably not. But 20 I mean, hours a week, you'd probably be like, okay, yeah, I'll take it. And, and that's just it. I think I think retirement is probably fun for like the first couple of months. But then sure. It's, it's like, like a vacation. What do I do now? Right. Yeah. Well, like I know there's, again, my job that a lot of people retired from. Like some of the old guys, I guess, used to show up there mm-hmm. and just drink coffee with people and then leave and. They yeah. finally had to kind of put a stop to it, but it's like they don't know what else to do. Right. Or they call up like, how's, how's things going? You know, it's like, oh, things are fine. There's a guy who retired about six years ago at my work. He still shows up to the office every now and then, and he still like like meets me out on the route every now and then just stop and say, hey. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? Like, yeah. <laughs> go do something. It's kind of a sad reality, I think. It where, is. Where I think if you don't, like when you get consumed by work, and this is where I'm like, I'm not a guy that's consumed by work. I don't think you are either. No. But like, you know, we always have something to like, I'll keep myself busy when I retire. Sure. For sure. I'll probably still be making bullshit music when I retire. I, I've, and I've always told people like with podcasting is like, this is not like a avenue of making money, Yeah, but it's relatively cheap to do once you have the equipment. Something to keep us from twiddling our thumbs. Right. And yeah, there's times when it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but I think podcasting in some form or fashion is a good thing mm-hmm. because it does give you something to do. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that's good for us to, to keep as we get older but my, my point being with vince is like if he go i mean if he legit retires and he goes from that schedule that he was keeping mm-hmm. to just doing nothing like how long is he for this world man i don't know i really don't know. i know that's a morbid thought but i mean no i mean yeah you're right i mean because the guy's gonna go from 
I mean, the dude was doing like 3 a.m. workouts after a long ass day of, you know, working it. And he's the also company. the alpha male type. Like the right. second that someone's like, oh, I can't do that. Like, ah, you're a pussy. You know, like yeah. that's Vince. Yeah, that's yeah. who he, that's how he's always, always been. And so I, I, I don't know. Now he's going to go from that schedule to just like waking up and then having a workout and then being like, well, nothing else to do today. You know what I mean? Like it, it's going to be, it's going to be kind of an odd deal with him, you know? So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I hope for the best. It's interesting. I mean, we're also at a point too, like triple H is in his fifties. He's yeah. close to the retirement well, age. You know? he's, he's already said like, I'm not doing this with like the way Vince is. He's like, after 65, I'm out. Yeah. He's like I'm retiring. Sure. And I think most people should. He's built a pretty solid foundation as far as money and well, success. I, like, I, we don't need to do this forever. Yeah. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. And I think, I think Vince is like kind of batshit crazy. Honestly. Oh, I would say hundred percent. Yeah. And so I think that's why he just did. Cause none of this retirement would have happened if the allegations hadn't come out. Right. He had done this till he died. Right. But like, I think, I think the allegations is like the only reason he's actually retiring. But I think, I think trip is triple H is he's Cause he said it before. He's like, I'm, I'm retiring at 65. I would assume Steph probably will too. So what do you think? Like, does this change the landscape of what WWE is? Oh yeah. Now, I mean, we also heard, we, we talked about, I think it was last week, even TV 14 might be coming back. Yeah. Now, here's a weird thing, and I don't know if you know the statistic. In 2008 mm-hmm. is when they officially made the switch to PG. Yeah. At SummerSlam. Yeah. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Could be the Monday after, which is this Saturday. And I remember that specifically because that was the event where Edge wrestled Taker and Hell in a Cell, mm-hmm. and they were told, like, that day, yeah, no blood. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah, and in 2008, I guess they were nearing the end of the Jacks contract and working towards Mattel, Mattel of like you know getting, you know, not the Jacks did a bad job, I guess, but that there's a difference, obviously, sure. and they were and they were working to that bigger toy company, and so I guess at, at that point they put into play like we got to go more of a PG style product and basically tighten it up. Yeah. You know, bad language was still not a huge thing then, but they pretty much wiped that out, mm-hmm. wiped out the blood. And so now we're hearing there might be going back to TV 14. Yeah. And then Triple H gets promoted back. Yeah. Then Vince retires. Like, to me, you can't tell me that's all an accident. This has been in play. Oh, yeah. This has totally been in play, for sure. Yeah. I think it's all related. I think I think once Stephanie took the interim position, I think she probably knew, like, this, is, this isn't temporary. Like, yeah. This is permanent. And so I think she went ahead and started making the changes. I kind of still wonder if... Uh, when Triple H got let go of his duties, this wasn't in play then. Probably. I'm sure. And, I'm sh- I mean, Vince has some, obviously has some skeletons in his closet. I'm sure Stephanie was probably plotting on how to get this taken care of. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure her and Triple H both were irate. Sure. Because, I mean, they've, they've pretty much effectively ruined NXT. You know, I mean. From what it was, sure. Yeah. I mean, it, I. I can't. I, I I'm sure there's fans of it, but I can't watch it. Like I can't watch the product. Anymore. Well, you can't immediately just take everyone away, right? And then expect people to be like, "Oh, okay, that's fun." This is like, is there anyone there? Roderick Strong, I think, is still there. He's still there, but it's like, it literally, was almost like a rebranding of like when they went from that '80s era to almost a new generation, where it was like, like you had a few 
that stuck around, but like they like Shawn Michaels stuck around, Bret Hart stuck around, but they were completely different guys than they were. Mm-hmm. Both in a tag team, now single stars, but like everyone else was basically new. It to me, it looks like they rebranded it to fit the mold of Braun Breaker. Yeah. Because he he was rocking that Steiner Brothers look, and it's like it it it's looks his colors like, more or less. It looks like an early '90s Steiner Brothers custom arena. Yeah, you know, and so it's kind of like, ugh. yeah, you know. Do you think all that changes, or do you think? Because like my thought is like now keep NXT the way it is, make the main roster what NXT used to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that's just it. Like if it was, if that was what NXT was, and the main roster was more gritty and and cool as shit, you know, I'd be for it. Because I understand NXT being a place to build stars. Mm-hmm. And I do think that's, unfortunately, the big downfall he had for a while. Was it was just indie signed, stars. It was indie stars, and so you didn't have a lot of these homegrown guys. There was, sure. a, there was a few, but it was very, very... To me, it would be hard to bust through that yeah. when you're... When all of a sudden, like, you're ready, and then they sign Ricochet. Well, that's just it. Like, you're going down a notch. Like, if you had been signed at that point, and all of a sudden they're bringing Ricochet, Samoa Joe, like... Matt Riddle. Yeah, Nakamura. It's been like, oh, shit, I'm never going to get on the show. Right. And so there was kind of a part of me that wondered that. I was like, hmm, I, I wonder. Yeah. That's interesting. But I don't know, man. It, it's still, like you were saying before, that Vince still has, like, what, majority shares? Yes. So he's not out of power. Exactly. But it, also, too, like, I don't know if that power will necessarily change the programming, because I, I don't know how the the corporate side of that works. I don't know if his, him having majority shares, meaning he can just kind of sway the the brand in a certain direction, or if he can actually make micro decisions anymore. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that works. But like, I, I think it, I think it might be more like, hey, this is the direction the entire company needs to go. That's yeah. kind of what I think him being majority shareholder means. And it might might have nothing to do with that. Maybe that's just one of those things where if the board votes on something, he's the one that has the final say. Probably. That that probably makes more sense than anything. But, you know, I don't know. It doesn't, with him still being a majority shareholder, that doesn't seem like someone who's retired. Yeah, but, you know, there's plenty of shareholders that are old as shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're just... Right. So but I mean, they're kind of like, I mean, are they... They don't really do shit. They just... I own a lot of stock. And, and does that mean he's just getting paid well? I mean, I, I assume he's still yeah. making money, obviously. Well, because him being the majority shareholder, he's like sitting on money right. from that. Yeah, he can cash out anytime he needs to. Right. And so that might be it. I mean, I guess time will tell. Will things change immediately? Probably not. But yeah. I think also, too, and I think this is another problem with NXT. When you do that quick change, Audience doesn't like that because this is not what they what they were into. You have to kind of build this. I think it'll be slowly. a slow. I think it'll be a slow burn for them to change everything. Yeah, but uh, excuse me. I'll tell you one thing. Like I want, I there. I want a huge revamp though of the product. Like I do. I want to see like new titles. I want to see like you know new sets. new sets, and I want like uh themed sets for the pay-per-views we joked about that but th- how how cool was that when like they do the royal rumble and the taxi cabs up on the roof you know yes and then you know i i, I know i mentioned to you backlash they had the giant hooks you know what i mean like the dude everybody loved the backlash hooks right and then you know i mean there were so many like even hell in a cell as simple as that was them having the actual cell on the set that they walk through cool. yeah yeah like that was cool to me yeah you know i mean like i think having those individual sets Four pay-per-views are just make make them feel that special, and I would love to see a return of that. 
I remember in the dying days of WCW, they kind of went to where everything was like almost like their version of a Titantron. Yep. And all the pay-per-views had the same set. Yep. I remember thinking like, that sucks. Yeah. Like, it's, it's boring. Yeah, it's super boring. And I mean, I know like the, the we always joke about the big inflatable pumpkin at Halloween Havoc. But there's a reason for like all the video games back in those days having all the sets, right? Yeah. They had some like, you know, WCW sometimes had the dueling screens. Yeah. Uh, Bash of the Beach, I remember, had like the big like almost like the the dock and, and it looked like a beach sand yeah. and stuff and i understand there's there's probably times where that was like too much sure i get that but it's like but that made that's what made it fun that's what right. made it seem like a big deal that's what that's also why they do set reveals for wrestlemania right because it's a big deal and if you don't like if you just treat this like oh it's just a, you know like those royal rumbles they did at the baseball arenas where it was just like they came out of the dugout like that's i hated that stupid I still like, hate that if they keep doing it i still hate it yeah make it cool make yeah. it a fun set yeah i mean the, if they came out of the dugout that's one thing but like make a stage around the dugout sure you know what i mean like build something around the dugout to make it look important right you know because otherwise it just looks like they're coming out from the crowd i remember there was a pride i don't know if you remember pride fighting championships it was in japan but it was kind of like their version of UFC. Okay. And they had like a huge ring, like 30 feet. Damn. Huge ring. And, but it was like an actual ring with ropes, more like, like where UFC used like the cage. Mm -hmm. But their set was like so interesting because like they would come out and they'd go to this piece and it was like an elevator that would lower them down. That's cool. And it, I mean, they would just kind of stand there, but it's like, that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's just, it's almost kind of like when you first time you saw the TNA ring, it does stop you because you're like, the hell is that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is this UFC? No, it's wrestling. Oh, that's kind of a weird looking ring. But it's enough to make you go, damn, that's kind of cool. Like yeah. it's enough to change, like, whoa, what am I what am I seeing here? Same with like when they did the Ultimate X. Like sure. what is this? Yeah. Is this high wire, crazy ass shit. Okay, but that's cool. It's different. Yeah. And so I think WWE, you're absolutely right. They do need some sort of a revamp at this point. And until they get that, it's going to be hard to get new people involved. But at the same time, they also probably ought to like slow it down and Sure. It, none of this needs to happen, and I don't expect it to happen overnight. But especially things like the titles, I do think need to change. I mean, if they're if everything is like the world and the tag team titles, if they're merged, like make them one title, you know, and make them nice looking. Mm -hmm. Like we don't need toys. Like we don't need the silly like nickel plated championships for the tag team belts. I mean, like give us something good. And those have been around for so long. The early like what was it mid two thousands, early two thousands when they came out with those? Probably. Yeah. No, it, had to have been closer to 2010. But it was still, that's that's over that's a decade. That's over a decade that they've had those titles. So it's time for a revamp, especially considering the No look one's of liked them. them, though. Right. Considering the look of them is not that great. I hope they keep the U.S. championship forever. Like, yeah. the way that looks is in, in crazy good. But, like, I, I feel like the world title needs a revamp, and I feel like the tag team titles definitely need a revamp. I, I have actually always liked that world title with the big W. I thought that looked cool. I, I'm not a fan of it. it to me, it, like, it... It's not that it's ugly. It just doesn't look like a championship. It, well, I think they need to. I don't think they need to like do what they did with the Intercontinental and go old school. But I think they need to have elements of that. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't like the uh, the new Intercontinental. Title. I don't like that one either. But I think they need to kind of go back to that winged eagle look. Well, yeah, I, like I would love a winged eagle on there, but like a new design, a new design for sure. But yeah. like bigger and yes, more bolder. And yeah, I think they should do a winged eagle kind of in the shape of the WCW like NWA title, like the big gold. Okay, yeah. It kind of almost like that's kind of what it represents. I think that would be good. But I'd like to see it layered instead of just flat like the WCW World title was. Right, exactly. Yeah. But but kind of mix it up a little bit and do something fun. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. Um, we've kind of covered everything, but uh, this one we haven't covered. 
So is this a work? Brock Lesnar makes news on SmackDown Live that he gets word that Vince is retiring. He just leaves, supposedly. Yeah. He's gone. It's like, if Vince is gone, I'm gone. That's the story we all heard. It was reported. Then, of course, he shows up at the end of SmackDown. So now here's the question. Did he actually leave, or did they talk him into coming back? I think it was worked. You think so? I totally think it was worked. It's smart if it was. Yeah, I think that was probably a Triple H idea. And I feel like Brock is so like against technology that he probably didn't even know that that story was floating. Brock is a money man. Yeah. I mean, like I think he's loyal to Vince, but I think him being loyal to Vince by proxy means he's probably loyal to Steph. He's he's loyal to the paycheck. I, right. I know that, and that's just it. Like he. He likes that money, and I'm sure he knew if he'd walked out, he probably wasn't getting money. And I'm sure the big payday was coming at SummerSlam. Sure. And if he walked out, they were going to replace him with Goldberg. You think he, so? Well, that was the rumor. Oh, was it? That Goldberg was going to be the replacement. And so, like. They just that guy got him in the back burner. I don't think they run it back. If it ain't Brock, it's Goldberg, baby. But, I mean, I just. I heard someone mentioning it, The Fiend would be good. I would love The Fiend. I would love if The Fiend came back. You know, and they, they haven't really done the fiend in Roman, have they? Uh, if they have, it's been a while. I think it not this Roman. I I I want to say they did like the early stages of that Roman, though. I did feel they? like they did, like at the very beginning of him being this new badass Roman before people really were like into it. They may have. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember that. either. But I feel like they did. Maybe not. Well, that's another thing too. So I mean, here's another thing I. I think is interesting. So Triple H is kind of back in power. Mm -hmm. Kind of glossed over that, but that's kind of all in that Vince story. So it's not really like its own separate topic, but Triple H is back in power, probably running NXT from what we understand. I can't think that he's been happy that all those guys are gone. Oh no. Because he wouldn't have signed them to begin with, Mm -hmm. you know, like he wouldn't have went to the trouble of signing an Adam Cole or Bobby fish or Kyle O'Reilly or Johnny Gargano or any of these guys that ultimately left Aleister Black. Yeah. So, to me, this kind of is one of those things where it's like, that's interesting because if Triple H is back in power, Gargano never signed with anyone. Right. Do we see him come back? I'd say it's a pretty strong possibility. Oh, yeah. Do we see the Fiend come back? I would love it. I feel like that's a bigger possibility now. Yeah. I, Honest to God, like, as cool as the Fiend would be in AEW because he could go, like, absolutely insane with whatever he wanted to do. I don't want to see him in AEW. Like, well, he's not going to be the fiend, right? Well, of course, but like, he's got he he'll he's smart enough to think of something else cool. Yeah, but like, he we're like, if he goes to AEW, I feel like that completely negates uh, Malachi Black and mm-hmm. everything the House of Black is doing. Sure, because you can only you can't have, have two scary acts, right? Well, that and you can only have one that's superior. It's like the Dark Order was cool as shit, and then like. Uh, you know, then Malachi Black came, and then all of a sudden, I mean, they were kind of goofy beforehand, but like they were also the Dark Order, you know, like they were kind of creepy. When Brody passed, so they kind of lost all their sure. flavor. But like then Malachi Black came, and the House of Black kind of became the the new Dark Crew. You know, I feel like it would kind of negate everything they're doing if the Fiend came over there. No, I agree with that. It, it would kind of, and where does he fit? You know, because right. he's not a he's not wrestling on Dark, right? He's right. a main event guy. And sure. If, and there, you can't have everyone as a main event guy because even Malachi Black should be a main event guy, but he's not. Right. Because they don't have that many spots. But right. So it is interesting how that works. But it kind of made me wonder. I'm like, man, if Triple H is really taking it over with Stephanie, like, like, what about Bruce Pritchard? Like, you can't tell me there's not 
I bet he goes. He's got to. Yeah. Right? He was Vince's guy. Yeah. And that from what Stephanie's I Stephanie's the one that fired him to begin with in 08. Yeah. yeah. So I I imagine he's gone. Plus if if the whole like him and Vince taking over NXT from taking NXT from Triple H is the reality, I'm sure Trip is like, get him out of here. Oh yeah. It'll be like yeah. nice to your face, but yeah, we're done with you. Yeah. See ya. Oh yeah. Um he's probably gone. Um you mentioned Lauren Ice was gone. I couldn't find anything on that, but I mean, maybe that was just a rumor that I heard. But I wouldn't like, be shocked. I, I've I've heard he's gone too. So what about Kevin Dunn? I want him gone so bad. So the I was telling you off the air. I was watching that on it was on Twitter or yeah, it was that Miz Logan Paul mm-hmm. like little thing that they did, and Tommaso comes in and I counted thirty eight camera cuts. Now that was before, um, you know, I, I probably lost count, but it's like. Dan, that's really changing the camera angle a lot. Too much. Way too much. Yeah. And we've all seen it where like the cameraman's like up and down, up and down. And that's ridiculous too. Why do you think it's, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know anyone that's like, man, that's good shit. But why do they do it then? I mean, it's got to come down to Vince. And I'm sure to them, they think that it creates like more of a dramatic effect to what's going on. But also too, like, I feel like you're taking away like some of, bad terminology but the reality aspect of it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you're trying to make it more than what it is like it it, it almost kind of reminds me of like the xbox controllers like vibrating every time something happens it's like okay this doesn't make it more realistic for me when the controller vibrates <laughs> you know it's kind of dumb and is that really a necessary thing to play a game no <laughs> and it's like you don't need to see the camera shaking to to realize okay he's hitting him in the, the back with a chair it almost takes me out of it, though. A little bit. It's like, distracting. It's, it's distracting, for sure. Like, I remember that movie Cloverfield that came out in, like, 06, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that. Which I love that movie, but. Yeah, I saw that in theaters. Because I remember that was, like, an interesting movie because they showed the trailer, but they didn't really say what it was. So everyone was like, ooh, what is this? But I remember a couple times in the theater, I had to put my hands over my eyes and put my head down. Because I was scared? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because I had such a headache right. from the motion. My brother gets that way too. It's like it's a motion too, sickness. Yeah. It's too much. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh my god. I remember he couldn't play Goldeneye because he would get motion sickness playing that game because mm-hmm. it was that first person view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just too much. We're just like, Ugh, I can't even focus, you know. Yeah. But so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, overall, I'm. I think it's. You know, we've said for a while WWE needs to kind of change things up, and I think this might be that step. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see what happens. So Jeff Jarrett makes some news. Him and, which of course he's a big part of WWE now as well. He's going to be the referee for the tag team title match. Right. Yeah, which doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't. And he's also uh, apparently like in charge of live events or something. Okay. Like, I, within the company, I don't know the specifics, but he, him and Jay Lethal are going to be teaming up to face Andrade and Ric Flair at Ric Flair's last match. Um, of course, they didn't really mention the opponent for a while. Yeah. They do this little angle where, you know, the Jay Lethal jumps Ric Flair in a parking lot. Jeff Jarrett kind of tries to make the save, and then he gets pissed, and they bloody up Flair. I've seen a lot of praise for this online. Mm-hmm. This was so weird to me. It was weird to me for, like, a few reasons, but the main one is, like, why? Why did they jump him? Like, Jay Lethal is Ric Flair's boy. Like oh, His whole thing is, like, you're holding me down. You didn't give me a match on this show. Okay, but that's dumb. Like... I mean, that's that's creating something out of nothing. I get it. But, like, yeah. Jeff Jarrett, where the hell does he even come in at all? Like, Apparently, there's heat from the whole, like, was he ever a horseman thing? 
okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And, and it is, again, it's trying to create something out of nothing. Right. It's in Tennessee. I, it's I, Jared. I, I get that's what you have to do, but like, it's just, and then the whole, the whole beating up, jumping him just felt unnatural to me. Well, I mean, let's keep in mind, he's a senior citizen. Of course. This is. <laughs> and that's my point. Like, I feel like there could have been enough intrigue with just saying it's going to be Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal versus Ric Flair and Andrade. Like, yeah. And it's Ric Flair's last match ever. Like, that should be enough on paper to get people to buy. You didn't need a, a really awkward jumping scene, you know? They did a. Th- I saw a clip where Jarrett and Conrad were doing his podcast, and Jarrett kind of gave his reasons why he hates Flair. It was kind of a work shoot, I think. Yeah. But to me, like that's a better sell than beating him up. Mm-hmm. Now I, I get it's it's old school, but here's the thing: like I've you know from some of the indies, there's always been times that been like, hey, let's let's film something in a parking lot, let's film a fight, let's do this. And I think the thought is always this: it seems more real. And in my opinion, it. Does not at all. I think when you take that element of, you know, what wrestling is and you put it in the real world, it it actually is worse. Yeah. So I'll explain my thought and throw it into like your world. You rap on stage. No one says a thing. If you're on the street corner at Walmart rapping, people probably think there's something wrong with you. Right? Of course. (laughs) Hey, there's a weird ass white dude over here rapping. Right. We might need to call the police because we're not sure what's going on. Yeah. So if if you see like a guy getting out of his car and there's a camera happen to be filming like there's a cameraman filming this shit. Of course. Like so like right away that takes me out of it a little bit. Like well it's not like Right. You know, like it would almost been better if like they pulled up a cell phone and like mm-hmm. were filming it to themselves to like like the NWO would oftentimes bring a camcorder because why would a camera crew follow this rogue organization? Right. And I know that's diving diving deep into it, but like when Jay Lethal punches Flair and he's like, ah, my surgery. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I was immediately taken out of it. Yeah. Well, I was taken out of it the minute he started repeatedly saying that they buzz, you busted me open the hard way. And yeah, it's yeah. like, okay. When obviously they did not. Right. It's like, come on guys. And so it was just, it was a, I get what they're going for, yeah. I think. But like I said, I think there's something weird about when you throw in those real life elements of like, Hey, we're going to make this theatrical. Cause I know like, um, for whatever reason, in indie wrestling, a lot of people like to go dark mm-hmm. as far as like Taker and all that stuff like that sure, version of dark. Sure. And the problem is when you don't have the theatrics yeah, right, <laughs> and, and all that stuff, it just seems weird. Yeah. And I learned that in NXT when I saw the Ascension do their TV entrance. And it's like, this is cool. Mm-hmm. Lasers, smoke, lights. And they come out in an armory. Right. It's not in cool. like Largo, Florida. And it's. Just a couple of goofs with, and then nothing against them, but it's like that's what it looks like. It's like in a two, squat position, slowly raising up. Well, they didn't do that then, but they would. They kind of walk out and they had that real. They had real slow music, like da, 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 da. okay. And like they were supposed to be vampires. That was like the early incarnation. That's cool as shit, though. Right, and so they wore these like long jackets. And that was was that before Connor? No, it was Connor and or maybe before Victor. Yes, it was Connor and guy eventually became Bram. Yeah, yeah. His name was Kenneth Cameron. Okay. Which, that's my son's name. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that is weird. But it, it's it was one of those things. Like they they also have like we, like very normal names. Yeah, which is like that's why it's like Gangrel and Edge works right for, for vampires. But it's like they, the music would be slow, and then it would wah, and they would wah, 
God, it would scream. <laughs> and it was just like, it just didn't work. It was so weird. And yeah. it's not like they were big, imposing looking guys, but it's sure. like, wow, this is, boy, this is weird as shit, you yeah. know? And, and so that's why I've, that thought has always occurred to me when I see guys try to do dark stuff on indie shows. And it's just like, you know, Papa Shango works because like they did things to make him work. Yep. So did the Undertaker Ministry of Darkness, like the, yeah. the throne and all that shit was kind of like, oh god, that's kind of weird, and like the smoke and things like that. But yep. when you're just walking out there out of a, an armory door, it's like, yeah, that's kind of weird. And yep. so, my opinion, when you start throwing wrestle, like if Ric Flair had been in a ring doing a speech and Jeff Jarrett smashed a guitar, I would have much preferred that than this, because it's like, okay, that's what Jeff Jarrett does. Yeah, it's it's more realistic. It's in a ring when it's in that setting. I don't know. Like, why did the cameraman not help? Why did David Crockett not help? Like, I'm, yeah, David Crockett's an old man, but so is Ric Flair. Like, right. like what the hell's going I, on here? I, I would have rather seen, you know, just words being exchanged on it, Twitter. Yeah, it's it's one of those things when you start putting those, like, David Crockett literally let his friend, who just had surgery, get bloodied up in a parking lot and just right. watched him. Just right. watched him do it. Right. The only thing that I thought was kind of an interesting thing is when Jarrett took off Karen's high heel. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like, okay, so you didn't have like a, a weapon to use, but you here, give me your shoe. Yeah. I want to bust you open with that. It's like, okay, that's, that's, that's creative. But that would have, to me, been a much better spot in the match. Sure. Yeah. If he like, all of a sudden he takes her shoe off, like what the hell's he doing? Then he busts flare open. Then he comes up with crimson mass. It's like, okay, like yeah. that's because we've seen the chairs and all that other shit, but like, that's unique. That's different. Yeah. So but I think the the ideal of any promo I've always heard was a promo is a way to des- is des- it is designed as a commercial to get you to buy a match. Yeah, that's why it's a promo promo for the match. Yeah, get you to want to buy this, spend your money. This didn't do that for me. No, me neither. Just kind of made me worried. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like oh, that's kind of that's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, I mean, like no one's calling the police. Like, right? I, I don't know. I think when you take that real life element there just they pulls you away and you're like okay that's kind of weird i saw uh, i'm sure you know who he is that effie guy mm-hmm. he i saw a video of him where he was talking about this and he was like he's like then i also saw a video of him struggling just to put his boots on he's like i'm really worried about this yeah <laughs> it's like yeah i mean it makes sense i mean i don't know it's i mean uh, i'm glad it's, it's bizarre i'm glad it's a tag match me too, because that means he's not going to be in there as long. Yeah. Um, and Andrade and Jay Lethal are amazing performers. Absolutely. Jeff Jarrett could always go, and I know he's older now, but I still feel like he moves pretty well for his age. Yeah, he could probably still go if he needed to. It, it's just, like, I don't know. I don't want to see Flair try to do the flip in the corner and get stuck, because that happens sometimes anyway. Yeah. So it's just like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. It's just worrisome, I think. Yeah. Anyway, but... uh that's uh that's pretty much all we got for wrestling talk, but we got a little bit of toy talk. So what do you say we uh we dive into? Actually, we got one more wrestling topic. I'm oh, sorry. Oh oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I did want to throw this in there because I thought this was interesting. Apparently, the NWA has this rule, and I was wanting to throw this on the show and kind of give you a little thought on it and get your opinions. The NWA TV title, which is held by Tyrus, formerly known as Brodus Clay, they have what they call a lucky seven rule, mm-hmm. or if he defends the title successfully seven times. He can in turn cash that in for a world title match, but the title is vacated. Yeah. That's kind of a cool idea. I, I love that idea. I know you kind of incorporated like ideas like that with PHPW, mm-hmm. where it was kind of like you you work to, towards things. And yeah. I don't know. I just think some stuff like that does keep a 
a show interesting, right? Sure. Well, it's like we had, you know, when we first started the PHPW, we had the, uh, we called it the um, Gatekeeper title. Gatekeeper Championship. And you had to win that title before you could even try to get another title. I think the only way out of it that we had was like if you formed a tag team. Mm. Um, but like we had that and then we got rid of that and had the uh, King of the Mountain Championship where you won that, you could either defend it or you could cash it in. Mm. And for like a world championship. So like, yeah, I love ideas like that. Things that, you know, could take an undercard guy and make them a main eventer. Like I, I love concepts like that. So I think that's a great rule. I think it's cool. And it does add a lot more to that title. Yes. Right. And, and but at the same time now it's a gamble because he cashed it he in. He's, he's wrestling Trevor at NWA 74 for yeah. the NWA title, but he could lose. And now he has nothing. It's going to be, Two big old boys going at it. I'm excited for it. I think yeah, it's cool. It's going to be a good match. I know Trevor was scheduled to wrestle Nick Aldis. And I, again, I don't follow the products. So, I don't either. But I was like, oh, that's kind of a fun idea. I so, love Nick Aldis, though, man. Everyone thought that's who Flair was going to wrestle, which made sense. That would have been a good match. But I think I think a tag match is definitely the smarter idea. Me too. Uh, so we got a little bit of toy talk. What do you say we dive into it here? Let's do it. Here we go. Open the box. It's the part of the show. We'll break your remain to a bit of toy talk. Well, we got a couple of toy talk topics here. First of all, so, you know, we mentioned this on the show a couple of weeks ago that McFarlane was re-releasing the Superpowers line, which that's a little bit ahead of our time. Travis from TB Toycast knows all about it, but initially came out around 84 and, you know, kind of featured all the, the favorite DC characters. Um all had an action, you know, kind of a real fun toy line from Kenner. Sure. So now McFarland's re-releasing it. There's three characters so far, Superman, Batman, Dark Side, and uh, I found them all last night. They're $10, which I think that's my favorite part because me and Travis were talking, and I, I legit was like, there's no way they're $10. There's no way because toys are so expensive now. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like almost the drawing point to me of that is like, wow, that's really cool. They're making $10 figures again. Like, yeah. So to me, my thought is like, this is kind of changing the game a little bit where it's like, I really want to collect these. What are your thoughts? Just seeing it. Cause I showed, I, you have the Superman there in your hand. I like it. I mean, it looks like there's plenty of articulation to it. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's not overly articulated, but it's old school looking, but yeah, I mean, it looks like they, they got the knee joints. It doesn't look like the elbows have joints, but I can't really tell. Um, but I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's obviously a smaller figure, but like, I dig it. Um, I, I like the fact that they included dark side in the first run. I think that's awesome. They got the bat wing and the supermobile as well. Yeah. I think, you know, I'd, and the vehicles are 20, which is not, not bad. Right. And so I don't know, there's something about that cheaper price point. And I was telling Travis, this is like, what's weird about that is like, this makes me want to buy two a loose and a mint on card collection. You sure. know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it kind of adds that element. And I think that's, I think it's smarter business. Do you think more people might rebel against these higher prices and kind of go to, like, Hey, this is cheaper. You they, know what I mean? Cause they're getting so out of hand. Well, they should, because here's the thing. They're only that expensive because people keep buying them. I mean, if people would stop buying them at premium prices, they wouldn't be at premium prices. Right. You know, it's that, you know, they set, set the market. So it's like, yeah. we're going to charge more. So that's just what we do. Right. I've thought that too. And I know like with NECA and super seven, I, I kind of wondered if that's where, you know, Mattel and Hasbro and some of these companies kind of were like, Hmm. Yeah. Oh, we could sell for that much. Yeah. Like people are buying NECA figures for 35, right. 40 and not even blinking an eye. So why right. can't we charge 23 or 25? Yeah. 
and then it just kind of goes up and up and up. And then next thing you know, it's like, and, and I totally get inflation as a thing, but sure. like, we're also talking about non-necessary items here. Yeah. Like we're talking about things that like, are Oh, it's, it's a hundred percent like a want. It's not a need. Yeah. And so it's one of those things like we can kind of control the price if we really wanted to. Right. And so I think this is a trend where I'm like, you know what? There's something about the look of that because it looks pretty close to what the Kenner version did back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like retro style might be a thing that kind of does come back where people get more into that as opposed to this new, you know, seven inch scale, multiple, you know, all the articulation. I like this style. I, t- I, and I don't know if they saw it cause they get so much engagement, but fully posable was posting the, uh, new wave of, I think Mattel ultimates where it's like, bam, no, it's, it was like, bam, bam. It was elites. Yeah. But like the scan and Brock Lesnar was another one that, that popped up. The scans on those are getting too good. Like, I don't like it. Like it, it's very much like, it looks like you have a little Brock Lesnar in your house. It gives me uncanny Valley vibes and it freaks me out. Like it's, I I don't, I don't dig it. So I would rather things look more like what Superman looks right here in this figure. Looks like, it looks like a toy. Yeah. It doesn't look like an actual Brock Lesnar. Right. I don't, I don't want like it to be like, exactly like the person because that's weird like it looks weird yeah that's an interesting take i've never heard someone say that because i know a lot of people really get into how the the faces look and i that's not really ever been a concern for me is i just want it to look close i like i mean i like i wanted to i want to look at a figure and be like okay that's the that's so and so yeah but like i don't want it to look so on point that it like is like i said uncanny valley where it's like it looks like real life but that ain't that ain't real life. You know what I mean? Like that. And that's kind of the vibes I'm starting to get from all these elites and ultimates and all mm-hmm. that. It's like, I mean, granted the joints are make it look like a toy, but like the face scan itself, it's like, that's too close. What do you think though? Like with, cause I, I've had this thought too. It's like playmates still has a Ninja Turtles license. Mm-hmm. Like why are they allowing super seven and NECA to make all this money when like they could Yeah, right. I yeah. mean, does that seem weird to you? Oh yeah. Super weird. Like, yeah, I, mean, I mean, you know, I know that they've re-released the four turtles a few times, but it's like, if I saw like, you know, pizza face and Leatherhead and these guys in a store for 10 to 12 bucks, I'd buy it. Absolutely. More so than I would, than I would want to buy like a 50 to $55 super seven figure. Yeah. That's like huge and great articulation and multiple hands and multiple heads and all that stuff. So it's weird to me, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, my whole thing is I don't need that. Like I don't, I don't need all this like extra articulation because I, I mean, not playing with it. Well that, and I'm like, I know, like I know it's really good for the stop motion people and the photo photographers. Like I, I understand that, but like for somebody like me, who's literally just going to be displaying them. Right. I don't need all this extra articulation. Like I just give me like, again, like how this Superman looks where his like arms are in a fist. You know what I mean? Like, give me that. Like, cause you can do, he can stand there. He can do like the flying one fist yeah, pose and yeah. all that stuff. It's kind of like the Hasbro style. Like, cause Mattel's doing more retros. I don't know if you saw those or not. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's cool. But it's like, again, they're, they're not like, they're not super articulated, but it's yeah. like people go nuts for that stuff because right. it, it reminds them of childhood, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know. I think we might see a shift where people lean more into this than mm-hmm the modern style. And and I could be wrong. That's just kind of for me. I'm like, I got excited about this, but I could care less about the multiverse figures. Not that they don't look good. They do. They look incredible, but it's like 20, 25 bucks. Do I need that? Or like, am I good with this $10 figure and being happy with it? You know? Right. Um, 
So I want to show you that, and then I think next week we'll do Batman, and then following that we'll do Dark Side. But another thing I want to bring up is Power Town. Power Town, of course, made some headway earlier this year with the announcement of this new Legends line. They touted signing like 170 names, mm-hmm. which is a lot. I mean, that's a ton. And, you know, the guy Steve Rosenthal, I believe is his name, he did an interview with the Major Pod, actually, and kind of was laying out some of his business plan and how they did. They want to do more than figures. They want to do merchandise and video games, the whole nine yards. And they revealed what Series 1 will be of this line. Now, we don't know price point yet. Yeah. He has said he wants to make them affordable. Mm-hmm. Well, what's a, I mean, what's affordable? I mean, is that 40 f- bucks? Right. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, so what does that, what does that mean? Right. But uh, in that, he showed off the two that I think were most people were were digging were Stan Hansen and Ted DiBiase. Sure. Because he did the DiBiase in the clothes that he wore when he teamed with Hansen. Yeah. The, the vest and, like, the, the headband and the chaps and stuff. So it's like, wow, that's not a DiBiase we've ever gotten before. Right. That's really cool. But immediately my thought was, how are they doing this? Yeah. How are they doing this? Because... WWE is still making DiBiase figures. He's in that new Superstar Series 3 wave with the suit. Mm-hmm. He said Funko Pops, everything. So I never got, like, how is this even possible? I never understood that. And so, anyway, news broke this week. The DiBiase has officially been pulled from Series 1 and replaced with Bruiser Brody, which that figure also looks incredible. Yeah. has the, the furry vest and the furry boots and the chain, the whole deal. Looks, looks awesome. The head scan's incredible. But does this uh, spell disaster for this line? I mean, do they have a lot of guys signed now that they may not be able to use? Like, what happened? Did WWE put a stop to it? I assume that's what happened. I, I'm, but I'm not sure. I would assume that's what happened, too. I mean, I I think they'll be fine. I think it's just going to be the WWE Hall of Fame guys that they can't do. I mean, I think Stan Hansen, who's probably not under a deal. Like, Brody, you know, Bruce Brody, not under a deal. Like, I think those guys will be fine. And those, to me. That's more what I would want. That's money. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we don't get many figures of those guys. So I think they'll be okay without, you know, somebody like Ted DiBiase. The main selling point for Ted DiBiase was, like you said, it was in that Stan Hansen gear, mm-hmm. you know, that he was in when he was in Japan. So I think that's that was the only selling point for that Ted DiBiase figure. But I can go without it. You know what right. I mean? Like getting the Stan Hansen and the uh, Bruiser Brody, that's that's money. Oh, for sure. And, and that was the thing is just it seemed – crazy that they felt like they could pull that off because i remember thinking like there's no way like yeah. wwe's not gonna allow that then they showed a picture and i'm like well, shit okay maybe it's happening i don't know yeah uh looks like that's actually not the case now so um i kind of wonder if that's going to change plans for them moving forward or you know or if they're going to be a little bit more careful because i i understand the way i understand it is dibiase and, and the like are under a wwe legends agreement mm-hmm. now with that he sold his own t-shirts yeah He's had micro brawlers. Yep. But they're putting a stop to that, the action figures. So I don't know. I do know Mick Foley also announced that I think beginning maybe August 1st or what, I don't know the date, but and it may already have happened, but he's all his t shirts are going to be taken off pro wrestling tees. Mm-hmm. And people thought he had a falling out. And he goes, no, 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 that's not it. I love what they do, but I am under now an exclusive deal on merchandising with WWE. Yeah. So you think this is making WWE open up their wallets more and pay these guys a little bit better to keep them under exclusive deals? What's happening? I mean, I I hope that's what's happening. I hope they're paying these guys more to just be on WWE's uh, website. But, like, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could just be that they're like, hey, you're under a deal with us. You can't do it, you know. Right. It, it kind of makes you wonder because I know um, we talked about it before. I don't even know if we mentioned this on the show or not about, about the Jim Neidhart shirts. 
Yeah. And this was back a few years ago, but the thing was they, they announced a pro wrestling tea store for Jim the Anvil Nightheart. We're both big Nightheart fans. Of course. I would have loved a shirt of his face with that big goatee. Oh, like, yeah. That's money. WWE yanks it. He's under an exclusive deal. Can't do it. Yeah. So, but there's no Nightheart merch on the website. Right. So not even, I don't even think they even had a Heart Foundation shirt at the no. time. Now, I've, he's had a couple of you know shirts with him and Brett as the Heart Foundation, like on homage and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. still very, very few. So to me, it's like you're kind of taking money out of his wallet, like Even when big time when people would want to buy that. So yeah. very, very odd. Anyway, do you think WWE just kind of turned a blind eye to all these guys having stores? Is this legal? Is it not? I don't know. It just it kind of seems weird, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know what the deal is either. But like my whole thing is kind of like going back to the Nightheart thing, and I mentioned this off air is like as long as they got merch for these guys on their website, as long as they keep shelling out merch for these guys. It's it's cool with me. Like I understand, but like it's it's when they do the shit that they did with Nightheart, where they yank them from making money, but yet they don't put any merchandise on the website. That's when I'm kind of like, if you guys, yeah, and that's and I get that as well. But I I also kind of wonder with uh, all these third party action figure companies kind of coming up, mm-hmm. if we'll start to see more, you know, things pulled. For yeah. instance, Chella announced a while back a rhythm and blues style greg valentine okay which was supposed to be in the original hasbro line that got pulled mm-hmm. never happened well obviously there's been customs of that but now mattel showed in wave three they're doing the rhythm and blues greg really yeah and so beating cella to it huh well cella just announced that theirs is up for pre-order but does that get stopped yeah. i don't i don't know like it so how can dibiase how does his figure get pulled, but Greg's doesn't? Yeah. Like, how is that even legal? I don't know. I don't understand the legality of it. I don't either. But it, I guess it could be depending on the contracts that are in play. I, I honestly don't know. But it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, so so far, uh, Ted DiBiase not having it with Powertown. Officially yeah. an unreleased figure, at least for now. Damn. Kind of stinks. But uh, hopefully we'll have some more news when they officially announce, like, when Series 1 is going to be on sale and how much they're going to cost. Because I know a lot of people are kind of like, Waiting on that. They're expecting the worst, you yeah. know. I mean, I know, like, Zombie, when he did his figures, he announced less than $40, and they were thirty nine ninety nine. So it's like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. it's you never know what, what stuff's going to cost. But yeah, we'll keep you posted, man. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Well, let's just plug it up. Well, we, of course, want to throw it out to our uh, podcasting buddies like Jeff and Scott, the Wrestling Figure, Fully Posable, the Wrestling Figure Podcast. Make sure to check them out on Sundays, just like this show. And Scott's side project, Drunk Wrestling History. Yes, Doing the favor with Eric and Barry. They haven't done a show in a while, but hopefully they'll be back before for too long. I was thinking about that. You know, we keep plugging them. I'm like, are they? They're not done, are they? Because I haven't seen a show from them in a little bit. Well, I, see, the thing is, I don't think anyone's ever done. Right, and, taking and breaks. I, I think they're taking a break, and I don't think it's a bad idea. Oh, definitely I, not. But uh, I, I've always had a great relationship with Eric and Barry. I think they're good dudes. And love those guys. Love that show. So hopefully, it comes back sooner than later. Absolutely. The Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steven Erickson, another really fun show. Check them out. Mm-hmm. The Ringside Rant with RJ. The Leisure and Lariats Podcast with our pal Ruthless Ryan Davidson. Uh, in the Marbles with Soda and Ethan talking all things NASCAR. Make sure to check them out. Yeah. Uh, Boot to the Face with Marty and Rucker. Tales from the Estate with Drew Vinsel and his wife, Caitlin, and the twins over there. Absolutely. I love that show. Wreck My Podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew. Trivia with Buds with the one and only Ryan Buds. Howlin' with the Wolf with the one and only Jason Wolf and his 
epic, amazing chop shop. In fact, uh, he's got a birthday coming up this week. Oh, does he? He does indeed. So happy birthday to the wolf. Oh, happy B-Day. Pulling up a chair with our buddy Tim over at a chair shot and night of the nerdy laser podcast. Some great stuff to check out. Check all that out. Uh, Check out my other show. You know, it's fake, right? Uh, With me and a special guest each week. This week, I had Chris Landis on, who's doing that new WMAC Masters book. Nice. Kind of told some uh, a lot of stories on that that a lot of people probably are not aware of, including the fact that at one point, it was going to be called the World Martial Arts Federation. Okay. And WWF passed at the time. Really? Could have been a whole different thing if that had been the case. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so definitely fun to talk about. Of course, No Holds Bar with Bill Benis. Yep. Still on sabbatical, but uh, who knows? Bill will probably ring you up soon. Hope not. And then, of course, the TV Toycast, which might be coming back sooner rather than later. You always need another podcast breaker. Always, always. Uh, Bane's Music. You can find that on Apple or Spotify. In fact, I think if you're an Apple user, you might have heard there's a new album on the horizon. You teased it last week, right? Yeah. And well, <laughs> what's so funny about that? I say funny. It kind of sucks. But like, I didn't realize when I set that up to put uh, Stone Cold out as like the freebie if you pre-save the album. I didn't realize that didn't also apply to Spotify. Right. Because I don't really use Spotify. I don't either. But, um, yeah, it was only for Apple, so I was super excited on Monday. Like, hey, check it out. And then I, I got on my Spotify artist page, and I was like, oh, shit. It's not it's not available yet. <laughs> so I assume it'll be available once the album's up. It'll be available on August 2nd. So if, if you're a Spotify user, I am sorry. That's why I've been trying to like at least post little clips of the song so you can somewhat hear it. Um, but... Yeah, it'll, the whole album will be out August 2nd, which is like a week from Tuesday. Yeah, so it's coming up quick. It's coming up very quick, so not too long, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. And um, I've got the uh, Alternative Pop album done as well, so I'm going to be scheduling that uh, in the next week or two. So, this is the most you've ever put out in one year, I feel like. Yeah, it's been a lot. It's been a lot of um The Freaks was technically work. 2021, right? Yeah, that was October of 2021. Right. Um, it's been out a while. I don't know if it's been that long. And so it's coming up on a year already. Oh, crazy! Um, but that that's going to get released again with this album. So it's it's been a uh, it's been a good year for me to make music. And actually, uh, early August, I want to say the eighth or maybe it's like the tenth or something like that. My very first album hits its ten year anniversary. How I'll make it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ten years, huh? And I thought about. I actually thought about. Um, I just don't know if I have enough time. Uh, before it actually does the 10-year anniversary, but I might do it sometime later. Um, taking that down, remixing, remastering it, and maybe adding a couple of bonus tracks and doing like a 10-year anniversary album for it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's that's crazy. I know uh, for a while, I think for the, the first time we were podcasting, it was the only album you actually had up. Yeah. And then you added Night Lights and On Fire as like singles. Yep. And then, of course, you know, Bane's World came out. What was that, Twenty. 15, 16? Uh, I think that Maybe was 2017. Wow. So it was like a good five years between albums. And what, with that whole thing, like, so I, when I did, when I did how I'll make it like after that, about a year or so after I made that, I was already working on another album, but then like this guy came in, was trying to start a little homegrown record label and he wanted me to join up with him. And so I, I kind of remember a little bit of that. I did that. Is that the same guy you got a job from, like a shoot job? Yeah, and then never got paid for it. And that yeah. was kind of when I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this guy. Like he's a nice guy, but I was just like, I'm. I don't want to work with him anymore. 
I, I remember not to cut you off, but I remember there was a you had a song done and you were like, let's release it. And he's like, ah, let's wait. You're like, dude, I had like six songs done with this guy, and like I was gonna add Night Lights and On Fire to that album, and and it was gonna end up being like by the time we were done, it was gonna end up being like 12, 13 tracks. And did that those songs ever get released? No. And I never, I have them, I still have them, but I never released them because, um, technically, like he owned the beats, and so I was like, "Have I'm you not, talked about like putting them out there, though?" I'm, no, I'm not gonna. People have heard them before, like when we first started this podcast. That like this was, I remember that. That was one of the songs, um, and then uh, I was actually I, re- I was listening to an old episode one time. I think I was just on the on the website, just scrolling through, and I just mm-hmm. and I remember that popped up, and I I couldn't find it anywhere, and I was like, yeah, because but it actually says his name and your name mm-hmm. at one point, and I, so that makes sense now why yeah it's, it's not out there anywhere. All that all that fizzled out, like me and like six other guys were just kind of left like to our own devices, like I don't nothing happened in there. So I was like, okay, well I own the beats of On Fire, and not, I don't own them, but I lease them to on fire. And that's and why you lights. made the singles. So I released those as sing- singles. And then could you rework this song though? I probably could, but like that, like this song, I really don't want to, because like you said, like it mentions his name in it. And it's like, I don't, well, yeah, I guess you don't now, just be like making it all over again. Right now. Uh, there is a song that I completely took one of the verses from, and it's, um, the, the Ted DiBiase song. I, I took I took one of the verses from one of those songs and put it on Ted DiBiase, mm. and so I kind of have used some of the some of the stuff before. Is it also one of those things after a few years you're like I don't like this anymore? Yeah, kind of it, like it's it, like it's it, not bad, but it lost its luster to me. If it had came out in 2013, it'd been great, but now yes. you're like you know what? Nah, yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you. and I so in 2017 happened. That's when I did, did the whole Bane's world, and then 2019 happened. That's when I did Bane Mania, and then the freaks, and now all this shit. Yeah, I dig it though, man. I mean, I know you're kind of bowing out from rap, but yeah, I I kind of dig that you found the new a new voice. I yeah. guess I think it's really cool. So we'll I'm, see I'm how, happy for it. We'll man. see how it goes. You know what I mean? Like we'll see if people dig it or not. I think they will. I think the Stone Cold song is really cool. I mean, yeah. I know it's kind of hard to gauge a reaction when it's just the one song and the only yeah. the one platform that people right. can really <laughs> right. hear it. So because it, it does kind of change things. But I dug it. I, I listened in the car the other day. I really dug it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. So well, shout out to everybody who's listened to that and shout out to you and everybody else who bought it, uh, pre-ordered it. I mean, I appreciate it. I, I've been checking, checking in with like the listens and stuff like that as far as how many times it's been streamed. It's done really good numbers for me. You know what I mean? Like, how does that work? Like, so I bought it, so I didn't stream it. I mean, I played it. So I just get the percentage of, and and I believe you got a pretty good deal on it because you pre-ordered it. I think yeah. it was like three ninety nine or it something was. like that. Very yeah. cheap, almost too cheap. I thought. Yeah, personally, well, but I, I could have changed that. But I was like, you know what? If people are going to actually pre-order, I'm like, f it, I'll give them. I'll give them half half off, you know, yeah. that's not a big deal because it'll be six ninety nine once it actually releases. Which is still a good deal. I mean right. it's still cheap. It's a dollar per song. Um, but it's yeah, it's one of those things. So I'll get a cut of that. Um, but the streams, I mean, it's like a penny if that I think it's like a fraction. And that's of if you penny. have like Apple Music or Apple Music. I think Spotify pays slightly more than Apple Music. I might have that backwards. Apple Music might pay slightly more than Spotify. But if it's just pennies, it probably doesn't really show I, up until I, I know Title uh T I D A L, I believe they pay like 
two pennies per stream, which doesn't sound like a lot, and it's not. But, but if you like, get a million plays a day, that adds up. That's a lot more money than what Spotify and, and Apple Music pay. So I wish more people were on board with Tidal. I, I've never used it myself. I've never even heard of it until just now. So yeah, I think that's, that's a, when you control the market, you can kind of control the pay. I think that's Kanye West's or Jay-Z's or maybe both of their platforms or something. I don't know. But yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, interesting. So everyone check out, uh, uh, what is it? Long live a hero's fable. Yes. Check yeah. it out. I like the artwork too. I know that's kind of some of the stuff you've done, but it's yeah. totally different than album art we've seen in the past. So I dig that. Yeah. And I'm actually working on getting that framed, uh, oh, nice. because I actually have the painting uh, at the house. I'm working on getting it framed and I'm like debating on what to do with it. Right. From then I'll talk to you more about that off air. That's cool. But man. yeah, I dig it. And, uh, make sure to check out outsiders beard co. If you got a beard or know someone's got a beard, check that out and get some beard balm, beard oil, make it look amazing. Absolutely. All of our t-shirts can be picked up at pro wrestling forward slash Brian breaker, bbph.redbubble.com. And also watermaneuver.net. We got three shirts available there. Plus a lot of our podcasting buddies have shirt stores there as well. Yes. Thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I'm Brian Breaker. I'm Bane. And we will see you guys in seven days. Peace easy. Yeah. One more time. It ain't over till I say it's over So lock the cage up cause this is a takeover The wait's over If this the final time we meet Then you'll be on your back at my feet Then I'll tip the cage over as a hangover I'm super fly so I can splash off the top And I can shut down the shop Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop And I'm always gonna rise to the top People's champ like the rock I do not give a fuck so let that shit drop Man, I'm so over Double pistols What'd you think? It's good. It was really good. Pretty good. That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. You son of a bitch. Can I dig it? Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, put it on the internet.